0: This is top landing gear. Hello and welcome to the second of our two-stage full-flaps interview with the legendary Martin Withers. In part one, Martin spoke in depth about flying Vulcan XM607 on the Black Buck Raids during the Falklands conflict in 1982. Martin retired from the RAF as squadron leader in 1991 and joined the airlines. However, in 2007, one very unexpected and hugely welcome opportunity was to come his way that he could never have foreseen, to be one of the display pilots on the last remaining airworthy Vulcan XH558. Operated by the Vulcan to the Sky Trust, it gave years of thrilling displays at air shows all over the UK, many of them flown by Martin. It was an immensely proud and enjoyable time for him to display this magnificent aircraft which had come to define him. Falklands is over. The Vulcan then eventually gets decommissioned later that year. And then 25 years or so later, you are then displaying the last remaining Vulcan XH 558 that must have been a, a, a lovely period of flying for you, wasn't it?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was great, great fun um, um, and a great honour to be allowed to fly this thing huh. in a way that we were never allowed to fly it in the RAF. Um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> did you ever roll it like Roly Falk did? And many others, I gather.
1: Oh, well, Rowley fought, was called Roly because he rolled everything. <laughs> <laughs> <You know. laughs> I mean, the, the Victor, they, they rolled it and they uh, did roll, roll off the top. Yeah. Well, the Vulcan, the early Vulcan did roll off the top, mm. but probably a very light one, because this was part of the one, the Canberra, for example, that used to be a standard way of toss-bombing a new. Yeah. Mm. It would go up like that and then in some form here, it would launch this thing and and then it'd go back the other way. So it was presumed because the Canberra could do it um, and the B-bombers could probably do it. Yeah. And they could. But it's... Um, no, I, I mean, the, the displays were absolutely great. I Dave Thomas, who was uh, the original sort of display pilot who, who'd flown it in... Now, you know the story of how they formed the... The, I mean, the the aircraft was flown from eighty two. The tankers carried on for another another year mm-hmm. because the victors were still down south uh, while they were re- rebuilding the run or building the runway at uh, Mount Pleasant on the islands. Um, and so the, they needed more tankers on the east coast. Just to defend against Russian nonsense, as they bringing the bears in all the time. Yeah. and uh, so that's why we had the tankers for, for a while. Um, but um, then the AEW Nimrod was supposed to be coming into service uh, at Waddington, and the but the whole thing was a disaster. Mm. I don't you remember, it had the, the, the yeah. nose had a like a great big lip. Yeah, the
2: Ferranti oh. radar problem, wasn't
1: it? it was, yeah. That's right. And then they, they had the, the other part of the 360 degrees down the back, and it worked perfectly on the ground. <laughs> and then when, when it got airborne, they found that it didn't work oh. because they hadn't counted the fact that the whole fuselage flexed. So if you have oh. one going around, they, they then tried to correct it with by the use of um, software and so on. But in those days, the, the size of a computer was the size of a fridge freezer. Mm. <laughs> uh, it required more. It generated so much heat inside mm. the aircraft. They had to put extra <laughs> heat coolers in and things like <laughs> this. And it ended up there wasn't room for the crew just about. Um, so that's a, that's a slight exaggeration, maybe, but anyway, <laughs> it, it was considered to be a disaster. Hmm. Uh, I I knew the test pilot uh, who'd been who di- was given the job of displaying it at Farnborough um, when it came out, and he was so disgusted with it that he he flew down the down the runway and then just went behind the crowd line and disappeared.
0: <laughs> <laughs> really, gosh. <laughs>
1: Pearl Nimrod. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was scrapped. But what had happened at Waddington was that they'd um, they'd got the whole place geared up for that aircraft. They'd got the simulator built for it. They'd got all the jigs and the tooling and everything uh, for it. They were training people up, um, basically on the, on the on the yeah, it was a Nimrod. Um, and uh, but anyway, it was then scrapped. Yeah. So. They rather than send everybody away, they had to find um, well, they didn't want to uproot all the people in their houses and <laughs> everything. there. So, but they knew they would want them about two years later when the AWACS came in. Yeah. Um, so, but they had two Vulcans left behind just for the uh, trade training and uh, for the people to get practice, you know, for the engineers just to keep their hand in and people to get qualifications and one thing and another. And they were taking them out and taking them to bits, putting them together again. And bright Spark thought it was a good idea to actually fly them. And they, in those days, it was possible to, to do run this operation as making it as a display aircraft at almost zero cost, mm-hmm. as they said, <laughs> because the, they, the way things were budgeted in those days you didn't have cost centres and you didn't have all the rest of it. You know, if you wanted fuel, you just got fuel. And if somebody landed and they wanted fuel, we give them fuel. <laughs> and I don't think there were any bills being transferred. There may be from one place to another. And then it they were done at no cost with wages because everyone was on, you know, full-time work and they got volunteers to to work at weekends and do all this. And they got some sponsorship from Shell. um, So, but that they sort of probably magnified far more than they they got. They got some, and they had a little Shell barrel in the Bombay (laughs) uh, because they're not allowed to show your sponsors on the outside. (laughs) But but anyway, that came to an end when, uh, in '92, I think, um, when uh, it finally they did have to spend some money on thing and also the accounting had changed and real, realised it was actually costing a lot of money to, to do and so that was the aircraft that was 558 which was flown in to um was it, not, not a bit as well Bruntingthorpe um, Bruntingthorpe Brunting um, and uh, they did lots of runs in it and things and then the sky, well Robert Fleming was behind it gaining support from the original manufacturers and then the CAA uh, to possibly get it airborne again. Mm. And then several million pounds later, <laughs> it did get airborne again. Um, and quite early on in about 90, or about 96, um, I got invited to come and meet Robert Fleming, um, to, selected by Dave Thomas, who had been the guy who'd been displaying it and mm. who actually flew it into Bruntingthorpe. Um, and so I was sort of put on the list. Um, at the time, they thought they were going to get Jaguar as a sponsor. Hmm. I thought I'd begin going to my own Jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that, that never happened. <laughs> Sadly. <laughs> but it was, uh, no, and then it finally went to, came to fruition. Um, the first test flight was done by Dave Thomas and... My memory for name an is just gone, um, but anyway, and another test pilot who had been a display pilot on the Vulcan, um, and then I was the then sort of other pilot who flew. I flew with Dave on several of the flight tests, um, and then did a, a sort of. Kev Rumens joined after that. Then I I I was the only one to get qualified. As a display pilot, as well as Dave, in the first season, and then um, Dave Thomas resigned, and to this day, I don't know really why he resigned, um, but something—I think he did it more as a matter of principle. But what what it meant? But I was quite pleased because I ended up as the only display pilot, and therefore the chief pilot. <laughs> 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 um, and we did have a sort of ops. Uh, oseops, if you like to call it mike Pollitt who uh he's just recovering from uh bowel cancer at the moment, but he seems fine um he uh so I started off at the start of the two thousand and eight season as the only qualified uh display <laughs> pilot, but again a bit like being thrown in at the deep end with uh with um the airlines with me i sort of i told you i went straight in as a captain <laughs> didn't really know how, what was expected of an airline pilot uh, then uh, it was a bit the same with me with air displays because i I'd, I'd hardly even been to an air display <laughs> and was not the rules so i did get in trouble once or twice because uh out in belgium um i took off and then just turned over the crowd, at least to <laughs> the end of the crowd, to position for my run-in. And I sort of, oh, well, I wasn't displaying. I was just flying to the thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, generally speaking, kept my nose clean with the CAA and everything. Mm-hmm. And then the, the, after that, we built up the team um, who, by the end, uh, would, were getting all the good flying because uh, I was... Uh, invited to fly to to uh, fly with the Red Arrows, um, Elliot. Oh, I went to Farnborough. That's right, um, and I went along to talk to the Reds, and they were just speaking to me as though I was, you know, really as good as one of them. Should say. <laughs> And worked, I, hadn't, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't done any. I hadn't done any formation for about eighteen years
0: since the Victor. Since the
1: Victors, since the victors yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that was with Victor, yeah. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, fortunately, I was flying with Phil Odell Pod. I think mm. everybody's heard of Pod. Yeah, set the recent world record in a. He, he's uh, the uh, chief test pilot for Rolls Royce. And we got him on board because everybody wants him to fly their airplanes, really, because he's he's just such a natural. Um, and uh, he'd only done a few trips; I think it was about his fourth trip or something like that. And I was flying with him with the Reds, and uh, I was supposed to be doing the flying. And but we they were running late, and I'd done a we were doing a sort of cross track so we could see them coming, and then we could just join on. Where they were. But by the time they came they were very definitely on his side not mine so i said can you see them yeah because i couldn't So i said do you have control and he just joined up in no time flat the first uh, we told the, the reds they uh, their normal turn is to roll when it's sort of going left now you know yes. you roll it at six degrees and pull 2g but it's <laughs> you know and they're doing 300 knots um and uh uh, so, but Pod, but they said for us, they'd just rolled to 45 degrees. But they didn't roll any more, Say, if say, easy left. You know, <laughs> well, I was thinking easy left. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, good thing I wasn't flying it, because Pod was r- rarely said, easy left, go. <laughs> <laughs> so he, was, he was in there with it, you know. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh I had but, little girls, I flew over the top, so I say I flew. <laughs> <laughs> those those displays,
2: Martin. I, my my daughter is now uh, fourteen, and uh, I every year we went to Dunsfold, and she was yeah, you know, half the age she is now probably, yeah. and every year we'd wait patiently. And quite often you wouldn't turn up because you had gone um, tech, uh, uh, tech. tech, yeah, <laughs> uh, on the way, or there's a fuel leak or something, and the crowd would cry and my daughter <laughs> would cry, <laughs> and it would rain at Dunsfold because it, it always rained at Dunsfold. It always it was bad
1: weather at Dunsfold. Always <laughs> bad weather.
2: And then, and then when you did on the days that you did come, it was un. I know you you would probably know this, but and and you probably heard some inside, this, but it was unbelievable. It was. Breathtaking, jaw dropping, mm. made your heart race, made the hairs stand up on your back of your neck as much as any aircraft yeah. I've ever seen. And and uh, I have to say, I know you did a couple of private displays at at, um, at Dunsfold. And and when you did your um uh when you did your final your farewell tour. I actually managed to sneak on to the airfield by hook or by crook and and a bit of jiggery-pokery and watched you coming in. I've got it, I filmed it on my, I I can't remember if you flew, I think you did fly that flight on your farewell tour, but I I remember standing there and and you you went, you did a few circuits around the airfield and there was nobody else there. It was just because no one knew you were coming, apart from there were quite a few people at the gate and I'd sneaked in. Mm. And I remember thinking, this is terribly sad, this is the last time ever Mm going to see this and I did listen I had the 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 app on my phone and I listened I followed your very last flight you know aircraft up and aircraft down and engines off I thought that's it it was desperately sad and I I I, I don't know how you feel but I still miss it (laughs) terribly and I was I'm just a a guy who likes airplanes (laughs) you flew it and do do you do you miss it and did
1: you love it oh no I did love it um and we got such a kick out of it. And and the fact that people like yourself um, enjoyed seeing it so much and sort of giving these people credit. I still remember um, in early days of displaying, um, we, we didn't even have a proper sequence worked out. You sort of just did it to suit an airfield. You'd start here and do a, <laughs> yeah.
2: only
1: a, only a certain number, limited number of manoeuvres you can have. Yeah. But we sort of experimented with different things. There's a theme
2: here, all the way from Black Buck, all the way to... (laughs) 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 Martin is smiling at the moment, (laughs) for those who can't see. Barely.
1: (laughs) Well, I haven't got any secrets anyway, you know.
0: (laughs) Well, Roland's told us all your secrets, (laughs) so yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, <laughs> oh. Martin, we yeah. ought to let you go. But listen, thank you so much for telling us all about the history of Black Buck, for t- talking to us about the Vulcan. And thank you for all the joy you've given us, as Jez said, at the displays mm. with the XH558.
1: We have loved those. Yeah, well, that was really, that was my pleasure, you know. Mm. Was so, so What was said on the last flight was, um, if you saw the really last flight, it had... Uh, a very short hop. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we've got all the plans to have a, a big do to say farewell to it and to invite people who would possibly be good for sponsoring us in the future. But, <laughs> uh, and we almost casually told the pl- local police and the uh, fire service and everybody what our plans were. And it was just a sergeant who came along from the police on, on day one. And took all this in, but it was all supposed to happen about only about three weeks later, mm-hmm. and this conversation went. And so we then got a call. We wanted another uh, meeting, with, the, and it was a a um, much more senior policeman who mm-hmm. turned up <laughs> on the sort of head of the um, fire service, local fire service, who basically said, "Right, okay, what you're doing is a public, you're a public event, and." We're responsible for it, and if, if the roads start getting blocked and we can't get um, emergency vehicles in or out, we'll close the close the airport uh, now obviously, if they close the airport um, and they said we and we would be liable hmm. and and it was it was just ridiculous. we just couldn't have the option. And they said, if we see it appearing on social media that it's happening, then we will make you make you scrub it. Um, It caused a lot of upset, didn't it? So it did. So we had this little flight, but we had to do a last flight sort of thing. Um, But uh, it was done in complete secrecy. Mm. Um, I I thought it sort of told, and I I followed to the letter, and I didn't tell some of the crew it was even happening. (laughs) (laughs) So. uh, um, That's also a theme but, that runs
2: through.
1: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't very popular about that, yeah. um,
2: but
1: uh, but, uh, but I did bring my family, my wife and two children, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and we had this. Uh, the day started badly because the weather was just awful.
2: Was this from? This is from um, Robin Hood. Was it? Uh, Duncan? I'm Robin Hood. Yeah, yeah.
1: But I mean, I was flying with Bill Ramsey and. We had two AEOs down the back, hmm. um, just for the get a jolly, um, <laughs> because we only had the two. We let them both fly on that one. Uh, but none of, us, none of us wanted to do it because it's it not what we wanted to do. Yeah. Um, the weather was awful. The uh, airport said, well, you've got to be f- get it done by 1 o'clock, otherwise that's too late or something like that. Hmm. Um, and so 1 o'clock came, and we thought, well, that's it okay, mm. let's go. And then they said, oh, no, 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 no. You, we can give you till three o'clock. <laughs> and the weather was just clearing up right around three o'clock. Um, and the cloud was quite a lot of cloud around, quite low cloud. Mm. But uh, we thought, well, if we can go, we've got to do it. But really, we couldn't have cared less yeah. mm. about doing that last but because it was, uh, we'd rather say we've, you know, we've had it and it's been good. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Bill Ramsey and I sh- shared the the flying, he did the take-off, I did the landing, and then the bit in the middle we just did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did, he did the take-off and I took it, sorry, I took it down and brought it down to, to pretend to land.
2: I remember, yeah.
1: So, and And then... I actually went round at the last minute, so everybody's going with tears in their eyes, thinking it was a landing. Then we went round again, um, some lovely bits of photography taken from it, because we are skimming through bits of cloud and getting lots of stuff off the wings. Mm. And um, and then Bill came round and did a a touch and go, again, sort of brought it right down onto its wheels and then put the power on and went Mm -hmm. off again. Um, (laughs) And then I took it round for the final, final landing. Um, but uh, no, that was very, very sad. But then the, afterwards, the photographers said to us, "We're going to do this. Going to do this." Um, and so we, the, the others all did, put their hands up like this with a big grin on their face. I don't know if it's because I was deaf or lazy or what, but I didn't do that. And I was very pleased they didn't do that because it looked as though everyone was rejoicing.
0: Yeah,
1: for the last flight. Yeah. Um, but as it happened we'd enjoyed the flight yeah. um, and uh, sadly that was it
2: yeah. Yeah. and it's all been a bit of a sad tale since then
1: hasn't it for the poor old uh, girl it's, uh, yeah it's uh, i mean i was there on monday yeah last monday, uh, doing some recording for the bbc yeah.
2: <laughs> but people still love it people are still interested in it yeah. I, my name is under the under the wing or in the bomb you know my wife paid for my name to go now, I've never been to see her so I want to go up there and mm. see her and give her a pat on the nose or on the wheel and if we can get anywhere near it still,
1: it still looks lovely yeah um,
0: um, Martin I think we're there thank you so much I know well
1: it's nice to meet you all oh, it's super <laughs> thank, you, thank you so much, Martin it's a,
2: <laughs> a real real honour to, to talk to you I've read about you for so long and, <laughs> and, and heard your name um, at so many displays that it, genuinely, it's a real, real pleasure. My, yeah. like Roy said, my kids, who I've been because I've been banging on about the Vulcan the um, since they were, you know, can remember. Um, it, I absolutely all-time aircraft to talk to you today has been a real pleasure. So thank you so much.
1: I right. would just like to finish by saying that um, I like to stress that what we did with that one bomb on the runway was really quite considerable. Mm-hmm. not only did it um, not become a forward operating base. Uh, the morale effect it had on the islanders and the poor little conscripts who didn't want to be there in the first place, who were dug in on the island, Um, must have been really great. And then the fact that the the mirages weren't used, um, uh, that could have made a great big difference. And so people said, are you proud of what you've done? I'm certainly, say, proud of being part of what was done? It was a real team effort, but it was uh, it, we, you know, we did achieve quite a lot by that. And then poor old One Bombe them. Uh, <laughs> he, he's uh, he was just so angry at the way the way he was treated and the RAF were treated afterwards.
2: That's it. Have you been to the Falklands ever? Have you visited or Argentina?
1: Yes, luckily I have. I, yeah. uh, I, before I left the RAF, I rang around and got a scrounged. A ride from um, a friend of mine who happened to be OC 101 squadron. That's handy. <laughs> uh, so I got a star down there. I got VIP treatment when I got to um, Ascension.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and then definite VIP treatment when I got to, um, to Mount Pleasant. Yeah. There was a Land Rover waiting to take me down to see Tumble Down and all the rest oh, of wow. it and uh, see my holes. You saw your holes? The crates are still there, were they? Still there, yeah. Yeah. Like duck ponds.
2: (laughs) That must have been a very strange experience.
1: Uh, And then I was, the next day, I was given a a trip in a Chinook, which actually took me everywhere. That must have been the
2: high point of your life, being in a Chinook.
1: (laughs) 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 Sorry, I I have a helicopter thing going on. I will tell you something, it's one of the most dangerous things I've done. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) James, James flew Puma, Martin. I, He's
2: got a thing about Chinooks.
1: I got myself, I, I was kneeling beside the little door on the right hand side. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I went all over there and I was taking photographs. And it's only when I landed back, I realized everybody else was trapped in. <laughs> no! Oh, God! <laughs> I, I had my thought thoughts, take it. So, <laughs> Anything gone wrong? They, you know, I, straight over that. It's only about that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, the irony! If you'd, <laughs> if you'd been killed falling out of an RAF Chinook onto Stanley <laughs> Airfield, oh,
0: God. <laughs>
2: <laughs> thank God you weren't. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, yeah. absolutely. No I hope we can do yeah. this again, Sandy.
1: Yeah. I'm right. sure
2: you've got a lot more to tell us. And um well, it been a far
1: more enjoyable experience than sitting in front of a camera just uh,
2: <laughs> quite right well yeah. we we'd, we'd love to meet and maybe come yeah. and shake your hand one day if we ever up your way or, yeah. or maybe at uh, standing under the say under the nose of 558 it would be amazing
1: yeah thank lovely you so message much. you're a legend thank
0: you yeah. sir thank you so yeah. so, so much Well, our huge thanks to Martin Withers for taking so much of his time to talk to us about flying the Vulcan, not only displaying XH558, but as you'll have heard in part one, undertaking the longest bombing run in history at the time when he flew XM607 on the Black Buck Raids in the Falklands Conflict in 1982. We do hope you've enjoyed listening, and remember you can hear all our podcasts by visiting our website toplandinggear.com or wherever you normally get your podcasts from. Please do join us again soon. Bye for now.